0: Welcome into the DNBR Rams podcast, presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. Alright, alright, alright. How's it going, Ram Nation? It is late Wednesday night. We have a fun episode for you at the very end, I'm going to talk about the Mountain West, but I'm gonna play some audio from my interview with associate head coach Matt Mummy. Was able to catch up with him on a variety of things. If you're a DNVR member, you already saw some of it in the feature that I wrote on Clay Millen. Uh, a lot of what Mummy had to say about Millen kind of matched what I said post-game, uh, particularly with that Washington State matchup, so that was encouraging. One of the big points I tried to drive home about that matchup was the fact that that Cougars' defensive line was insanely talented. and We saw throughout that matchup that they were able to get pressure, get after the quarterback while only sending four. They're still playing coverage in the back end. That's so challenging for a redshirt freshman quarterback. And what was really, really encouraging about Clay Millen in this one, he didn't force any bad balls into coverage. He did have the one interception, but it was fourth and long. It essentially worked as a punt, actually worked better than any of the other punts had gone that game. But we saw Millen use his legs. We saw him a couple of times, you know, escape the pass rush get out wide, scramble for a first down a couple of other times, bought some time, and then was able to make a big throw down the field. He showed better mobility within the pocket as well, just stepping up. Does need to work on ball security. That's something that Jay Norvell actually brought up on Monday. You know, it it makes sense. Can't keep putting the ball on the turf. Some of that has to do with the chaos that's been around him, but, you know, he's just got to be aware there, and that's, you know, a thing you can kind of work on in practice, you know, beat him with a pool noodle and all that. Ultimately, though, you know, we just want to see Clay continuing to, you know, work through his progressions and, you know, showing an understanding of what the offense is trying to accomplish, you know, in any given series. Some of that is going to be kind of hard to judge just based on the amount of pass rush that he's had to face. 23 sacks, that's absurd. But that's why his mobility is is important. And uh, it's actually a big reason why Braden Fowler Nicolosi has been elevated to the backup quarterback. You'll hear that when Mummy talks about him. It has nothing to do with Giles Pooler doing anything wrong. It's just more about the fact that Giles is, you know, kind of a stationary traditional pocket quarterback, whereas, you know, Fowler-Nicolosi is just a lot more mobile. He's probably the only true dual-threat quarterback that CSU has on the roster. And, you know, if, if he does have to play any type of significant playing time, you know, due to injury, hopefully not, knock on wood. Or just, you know, poor performance, or because CSU's big or up big, I should say, it's good that he brings that ability to the table. That's that's really just all it kind of comes down to. But again, you'll hear that audio. Yeah, the last thing that I asked Mummy about is just about the state of the locker room and the fact that, you know, you have a, a CSU team, you know, with the holdovers that have really experienced nothing but negativity the last, you know, couple of years really had to go through a lot of tough times and they're obviously down after the last couple of weeks and then you have Nevada Transfers who never lost more than 3 games in a row you know in Reno and now so they're kind of experiencing this for the first time and it's been a challenge i mean the coaches have been pretty honest about the fact that they're trying to improve the entire collective mindset and, and mentality of this group and honestly while you know they they wish the players you know, best that decide to leave. It's kind of why they ultimately don't have a problem with it. It's just when you're trying to rebuild and, you know, establish a winning culture, you need everybody 100% bought in, you know, doing all the right things in practice, committed to doing the right thing, not just for individual gain, but for the betterment of the team. I thought his response was interesting. I think CSU fans will as well. Before we get into that interview with Matt Mummy. Uh, if you missed my announcement on Twitter, your boy's going to be on TV. I'm going to be the sideline reporter for the TV broadcast against Sacramento State this weekend. That's airing via Ivaca TV. You'll also be able to watch it uh, on cable on channel local three. And I believe it's also available on the mountain West network. So you can get that like if you have Roku or, or whatever, but the response has been really, really overwhelming. Um, I'm really nervous. I'm not going to lie. I've never done this before. I'm excited to try something new. But the fact that people seem, you know, not just excited for me, but to actually be excited to have me on the broadcast, that's, you know, pretty humbling. So shout out to everybody in Ram Nation. Shout out to everybody that, you know, sent me a nice thing on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Hopefully I don't embarrass myself too much out there. But I guess if I do, hopefully it's enough to become a meme and get some internet traction out of it. I don't know. He is having the time of his life. <laughs> I think the, uh, I think the goal is probably to just, you know, let, you know, Brian Roth and Driscoll cook and, you know, try not to be too much of a distraction, but I'm, I'm really, really excited. Definitely a, a bucket list type thing for me. I mean, I kind of grew up wanting to be a part of, you know, live game broadcasts when I was young, you know, I kind of wanted to be Drew Goodman you know, I was a huge baseball fan, so I just, I loved him. I loved his iconic call. You know, take a good look. You won't see it for long. Just epic. Uh, as I got older, you know, I, I Al Michaels is one of my heroes. I love the, the boost of Buck and Aikman. I think they take a lot of heat, and I don't really understand it. I think they're tremendous. Anyways, getting off track here. I, you know, ultimately had kind of given up the hope of ever being on TV, I think, in, in 2022, if you're not a former athlete, the the path to, you know, success is just pretty difficult and a lot of those local gigs just don't open up. I mean, you know, Drew Goodman, he still does it. He still kills it. He could do it for another 30 years if he wanted and, and still kill it. So this, you know, branching into TV, it wasn't something that I expected to happen or anything like that, but the fact that Ivaka was willing to give me this opportunity, it's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's a dream come true. It's very nerve rattling, at nerve wracking, nerve rattling. I don't even know if that's a phrase. If I don't do that on TV, but this wouldn't be possible if I didn't have an established CSU following. If so many of you, you know, wouldn't have been so loyal to me for so many years. So I just, I want to thank all you guys for you know helping me, you know, accomplish this. You know, I, I don't expect to you know, become a big TV star or anything like this. Who knows if I'll ever even be on another broadcast. But the fact that I get to do it one time is, is really cool. All right. Now that we've got the sappy stuff out of the way, I'm going to play that interview with Matt Mummy after Tuesday's practice. And we'll wrap up with a couple of thoughts on the Mountain West Conference, which is really wonky right now. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win, get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg that you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with bigger payouts than ever wide-bet on football anywhere else. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on these stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for detail. Our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery have a birthday coming up. 32 years young, still going strong. To celebrate, Breck Brew is throwing a weekend-long nanny. Kick off the fall with live music, food, beer, of course games and more on October 8th and 9th at their Littleton location. They've got national acts like the spin doctors and local favorites like railroad earth rocking out. Stay tuned for everything DNVR for Hoot hootenanny giveaways leading up to October 8th. Check out the link over at breckbrew.com for more details on tickets and the artist lineup. One of the things I just wanted to ask you about, and you know, Jay's been really honest about needing to protect Claymore and how you guys are trying different things. You're working through it. But as a QB guy, just going through that experience, you know, what's your biggest concern as far as this goes? Obviously health, but I don't know, I just think about like, you know, seeing shadows and how it can impact you and stuff like that, feeling ghosts if you take too many hits.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely health first, right? But I mean, second is just under, you know, we talked about this morning is understanding progressions and how the offense is going to work. And then when you do have time, you say, don't look at what's happening in the trench, right? Look at what's happening down the field. And you're going, oh, wow. Okay, well, that guy's open. That guy's open. You know, that guy was open for a big play. And so just learning when the time does start to happen, oh, wow, that's where I could have got the ball to. So even though it looks rough to everybody in the world and, and to us, I mean, there's still learning process out of it. And, you know, we said it from the start, me and Jay, I mean, There was going to be bumps starting a redshirt freshman. There was bumps when we started Carson as a redshirt freshman, but it's trying to navigate those and figure out, do we go over them? Do we go around them? How do we get the team, the offense in general to a point where we can execute and score a bunch of points and the game should slow down a little bit this week. So we'll see. Are you seeing what you guys want as a staff? Just, Just from my outside perspective, I thought Clay played his
0: best game, the last game.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, You know, you look at Clay and I said, look, there's a lot of highlights, right? You're throwing for 71, almost 72 percent. Carson was a 63, 64 percent guy at this point in time. So, I mean, there's some things that he's doing really, really well. And we just got to be better as an entire unit. You know, and I keep telling Clay, you can't do it by yourself. Yeah, It has to be a collective 11 guys taking ownership of it and everybody just doing their job. Stop pointing at each other. Stop talking about each other. Just move forward and do your job.
0: Are you seeing him, you know, take the easy ones a little more often? Just, you know, one of the things Jay said week one, maybe held on a little bit too long Yeah, at times, you know, get rid of it when, especially when it's scheme too.
1: Well, the other thing I was happy, I mean, not only just taking quick throws, but he used his legs, yes. you know, he really showed us this last game, like, okay you know he can pick up yards and he can be deadly with his legs and so continuing to do that and then even in you know and I keep telling clay the last two weeks is throwing the ball out of bounds is not necessarily a bad play yeah. right you you live to see another down we don't take a minus 10 on a sack or something like that and maybe we just give a chance to our punter to kick him dead and, and play the field position game so he's got he just got to understand every level of it and that's where he he's He's learning hard lessons. How important
0: is it to get the run game? I know it's kind of this question, but just in terms of alleviating some of that pressure. And I think fans, you know, they're like, it's the air raid. Why are we trying to run the ball? But you can't drop back 60 times a game.
1: No, No, I mean, you can't let people just, you know, and here's what's happening. What people don't realize is you get four man, three man rushes that are having success getting to our quarterback and coverage is now all on our receivers we have to be able to run the ball. We have to be able to take pressure off of clay and be able to hand it. We got good backs. You know, we need to give it to these guys and let these guys do some work. And so, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, we we have to play, you know, our, people don't understand about air raid is we're we're true numbers guys. You're going to play the pass, we're going to give the hand the ball off. You're going to play the run, we're going to throw it. So that's just kind of the strategy we have up front. Now, do we end up throwing the ball a lot more? Yeah, we do, but that's just the nature of what we do.
0: One thing I wanted to ask you is it it seems like Braden's gotten some increased reps, obviously got out on the field. What have you seen from him that's kind of allowed him to <laughs> shoot up the depth chart a little uh, bit?
1: You, you know, and I'll say this. I mean, Giles is doing a great job, and Braden's doing a good job. I don't know that it's really he's shot up more so than the reality of what's happening on the field. And Braden offers escapability where Giles is more of your pocket passer, stand in there and that makes throw sense. it. So and that's why, you know, it's hard for Giles. Giles is like, well, I don't understand. You know what? Like, dude, you didn't do anything wrong. You're, you're doing a great job. Keep working hard. It's just at this point in time where we're at up front and with protections, you know, Braden would give us a better option because of mobility.
0: Obviously, I mean, a little bit disappointing when, when veterans just decide to leave, but also exciting, too. I mean, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for some of these young guys, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're getting down to the nuts and bolts of this thing. You know, this is where we want to be. We're at the foundation. Who who are going to be the guys that ride and die together? You know, and so I, I think, you know, if, if guys don't want to be here, then we draw a hard line. And if you don't want to be here, then move. Go on, you know, go have a nice life. You know, we wish you had the best. But, you know, I think what we really need is our guys to just bear down and, and really – focus on the little things, the fundamentals of this game and and things will get better.
0: Has that been, has that part been maybe a little more difficult than anticipated just in terms of like, you know, you know, these guys have been so much through the last five years and even the Nevada guys that come over, like you guys never lost more than two games in a row. Now you're in a losing streak. So it's like, everybody's kind of
1: in. A yeah, I, I think that's the culture, right? So what has it been around here? And, you know, we're having to change everything. And, you know, don't look over your shoulder. That's why I keep telling the quarterbacks. Don't look over your shoulder. Don't even look at what we did in the last three games. We got nine games in front of us. Let's look ahead, right? We got plenty of games, plenty of competition left in front of us. This is far from being over, right? It's far from being a point where we say, hey, it's just a it was a first year deal, right? We still have opportunities in front of us, and that's all we can set our sights on. All
0: right. Shout out to Matt Mummy for giving us a couple of minutes after practice. He's always great to interview. Really, this whole staff and this whole process is just, it's been really refreshing. Obviously, a difficult start, but we're just able to provide so much better coverage when we're actually able to be a part of the practice process. We can ask better questions. We know what's happening. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Coaches get annoyed when you know media members ask bad questions. That makes sense. But then they don't allow the access to give them an opportunity to ask better questions. And it's kind of like a, a circle that just goes round and round. Right now, I, I feel like, you know, with me and Kevin and, and Brohard there, it's just been a lot of fun. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I really appreciate this staff. Uh, but I wanted to wrap up the show just with a couple of thoughts on the Mountain West, which, particularly on the West side, is just insane. I mean, right now, UNLV is two and one. Nobody on that half of the conference has played a conference matchup yet. A couple of teams in the Mountain Division have, but. You know, if you would have told me coming into the season that it would be UNLV sitting at the top of the West at two and one, while Fresno State and San Diego State are both one and two, I never would have believed it. But this offense is explosive. I mean, they made it look really easy week one against Idaho State. They're a terrible team, but a 52 21 win. I was like, all right, like that, that was exciting. Let's see what they do at Cal. Damn near upset Cal on the road, lose 20 to 14. And then they come back and they beat a pretty good North Texas team, 58-27 to last week. So they've gone over 50 two times in the last three weeks. Doug Brumfield is playing phenomenal at quarterback, 60 of 85, completing 71% of his passes for 773 yards, seven touchdowns, only one pick through these first three weeks. He's looked absolutely great. But I've really been impressed with the UNLV transfer, Aiden Robbins in the backfield, Currently has seven total touchdowns from scrimmage, six rushing, really just been a beast, guys. 6.5 yards per carry right now. We'll see if they can keep this up, obviously, but, I mean, they go to Utah State next, then they host New Mexico at San Jose State, then they host Air Force. Air Force obviously going to be a really challenging matchup, but at Utah State, I mean, if you can go into Logan and and win that one, you're sitting at 3-1 and going into that New Mexico game. Look, New Mexico's another team that that looks feisty. They're two and one as well. I was impressed that they were able to beat UTEP pretty convincingly defensively. They're flying around. Uh, Rocky Long definitely has brought that mentality down to Albuquerque that, you know, he had out with San Diego State for years. And then, of course, with New Mexico before that. Likely gonna be a rough one down in Death Valley this weekend for <laughs> UNM, but You know, that's that's not the gimme game that I think a lot of Ram fans think it is, particularly at the end of the season. Like if, you know, the Lobos can get some confidence, get going, you know, there's a chance where that game could potentially, you know, be for bowl eligibility. They're already, you know, sitting at two and one here. You know, UNLV, that's kind of a toss up. They get Wyoming at home. You know, they beat them last year. Mexico State, that's a winnable game. Fresno State, we'll see what happens. Jake Hayner sprained his ankle last week in a competitive loss at USC. Looked much worse than that. I definitely thought he broke it. So hopefully we're able to see him back at some point. One of the most fun players in college football this year. Again, you know, at Utah State, that's probably fairly winnable for New Mexico based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks. San Diego State struggled. And again, you know, then they finished at CSU. I could see, you know, New Mexico squeaking out 500, especially after you know, winning a, a crucial game against UTEP. I'm not predicting that. I don't want to get, you know, too carried away with myself after just a couple of weeks here. But they definitely look a lot tougher. And the reason I bring up, you know, New Mexico and UNLV right off the bat, it's been rough for those teams the last couple of years. But I talked about getting to spend time with Marcus Arroyo, the UNLV head coach, as well as Danny Gonzalez, the New Mexico head coach at, at Mountain West Media Days the last couple of years. And They just had this attitude to them, this confidence that you were drawn to and and they seemed very likable. You know, it's one of those scenarios where you're like, man, I I could I could definitely see why college players would want to play for these guys. Now it took a while to get the results that they wanted. Those were much, you know, steeper turnarounds, obviously, than what Norvell inherits here at CSU. But you saw progress, you know, you saw progress last year, particularly with UNLV's offense, New Mexico you know, they played in spurts, but this year you're seeing them kind of take it to a new level defensively. I'd say they're about a year behind where UNLV's at right now. But there were some lumps, there were some punches that they had to roll with, but ultimately they've been able to establish, you know, what they want stylistically with those programs. They've obviously, you know, needed to take a couple of years to get their own guys in there. And that's, you know, again, even with the transfer portal era, I think we get impatient in terms of you know, giving coaches enough time to get their guys in and then coach them up a little bit as well. It's not just getting them in the building, but the early indications here in this 2022 season is that patience is, is going to pay off for UNLV in New Mexico. I, I think especially being able to get Rocky Long down there in Albuquerque with Danny Gonzalez, who's, you know, an Albuquerque native, a New Mexico guy, he'll, he'll ride or die for that program. You've got coaches that want to be there and that's, that's huge. I still think they should just run like a hybrid option offense and then, you know, rely on Rocky Long to coach up that defense, you know, get some athletes to transfer in. I think they could be a really, really frisky program under the right situation. But uh, I've been impressed. I've been been impressed with UNLV. I've been impressed with New Mexico. Just kind of wanted to shout them out after a long couple of years and just point out the fact that who saw this coming? Not me. And I certainly didn't see Wyoming, you know, taking down Air Force. Last Friday, I should have though. Craig Bull has his teams ready to play against Air Force better than anybody, and I don't know if it's that you know old you know wishbone uh, background from his time at Nebraska, and then obviously being in the FCS, I'm sure they face a lot of that you know ground and pound. That's really you know what they like to do at, at North Dakota as well. But yeah, I, I didn't see that coming. Wyoming three and one. They've won three straight since looking pretty poor against Illinois. They struggled at times in week two as well, but. They seem to have found an offensive identity here. They lean on Andrew Peasley and his mobility. Titus Swen, in my opinion, still the best back in the the league, although the yeah, UNLV kid giving him a run for his money here. I still think if you pressure him, you can get him to make some bad throws. We've seen that pretty consistently, both at Utah State and now in a small sample size with the Cowboys. But he'll definitely burn you. If you don't have proper rush lanes, the defense is is definitely playing more Up to what I expected, they have really talented linebacking core. Easton Gibbs apparently played with the flu in this one, lost like 15 pounds. I always, you know, I never know how accurate some of that stuff is, but that's what he claims. Had a hell of a game. Uh, Air Force was missing a bunch of guys with illness as well. So I do want to add that in. While Wyoming was clearly the better team that night, I don't think they're actually the better team. But that's why we play the games. I mean, anybody has a shot. It's why it's not just, you know, on paper, a computer simulation. It's not necessarily about who's better on paper. It's about, you know, who's willing to give more on any given night. And it, it really had like a high school football feel to it. But it, it was a really fun matchup. Uh, kudos to Wyoming. Kudos to Craig Bowl, the only coach in the conference that seems to know how to handle Air Force. <laughs> But that's a big win for Wyoming, and that's a game that really could drastically impact the course of this season just in terms of, you know, Air Force has still got some challenging matchups here from both divisions. So we'll see. Obviously, got the Service Academy games as well. But the league's wide open. It's really wide open. And that's why, you know, as as wonky and as weird as it's been for the Rams for these first three weeks, like there is a realistic path to where they could still be in the conversation for the division. Obviously they would need to see drastic improvement when it comes to pass protection and, and the offensive line, but who knows, man, you could get hot here. It, it all starts with Sacramento state and we're, we're going to preview that matchup uh, tomorrow. Going to my buddy, Andrew out from Sacramento on the pod to preview him. Uh, I'm I'm going to get an opportunity to talk with the Sac state coaches and players since I'm going to be on the TV podcast, so I'll get a little bit more inside info on them as well. So I'll I'll bring some of that over to the pod. But yeah, before we get out of here real quick, Boise State, they had a 37 win over UT Martin. Still kind of seems like they're in a weird spot with the quarterback position regarding Bachmeyer and Green. Green a little bit more dynamic as far as his athleticism goes. Bachmeyer, you know, been a multi-year starter, probably has the the trust and respect of the locker room. I don't know. I, I still I still don't buy Boise State. They have one two in a row at UTEP, kind of a tough game. I know UTEP just lost to New Mexico, so we'll see. But it, you know, again, kind of feels like trap territory for the Broncos. And uh finally we've got Utah State playing UNLV. I already talked about that one. I am curious about that one just since you've got the Aggies coming up. But yeah, I think that that pretty much covers it. As far as the Mountain West goes, Hawaii did get their first win at home last week against an FCS team. Good for them. But hopefully the Rams can you know snap the longest losing streak in the country because this has been brutal. Uh, historically, CSU pretty solid against FCS teams, twelve and three, but have lost two of their last three matchups. Sac State gave the Rams a hell of a game in two thousand eight. Actually took a walk off field goal from CSU. Bendeline gets carried off the field. Hopefully not as close this time around, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll definitely see. I'll talk about it more in the next couple of days, but this is a team that is not going to back down. I mean last couple of years they're five and two against ranked FCS opponents in the regular season. they've you know hung tough against three FBS teams and they were road warriors in twenty twenty one six and one on the road and their only loss was at Cal in a tight game forty two to thirty so you know they're not going to be intimidated, but this is a must win for CSU, I would say. I mean, just in terms of getting some positivity within the program, get everybody feeling good. You just, you need some wins every now and then. It's it's hard to rebuild and, and hard to get those messages to really connect when you don't have the results coming. And I think that's been the struggle with this staff so far. When everybody's feeling good, you know, in the preseason, it's one thing, but now they're, you know, battling and, and facing adversity. We'll see, you know, how they're able to respond but that's all I have for today. Much love to all of you. Hope you tune into the broadcast on Saturday. Peace.